Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my god. You've got all your charger gear on because feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. Hello to you too, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. And oh my goodness gracious, we've got Coach. He's back. He is back. But curb the applause, folks. It's just temporary. But hey, it's me, your co-host, Wooldog Sin, with my buddy, Kev Huggin Duggan. Hey, guys. And let's not forget Kyle, the Coach Duggan. Hi, I'm still here. No baby. Just <laughs> freaking whittling away right now, my poor wife. <laughs> the anticipation's <laughs> killing us, Coach. Yeah, we I can't know. wait. It's like, yeah. Oh, what, what are you going to do? We'll, you'll know when it happens. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll all know. Scream it from the yeah. mountaintops. Um, we're going to hold on to Coach as long as we can. We're going to try to have a quick episode here for you folks. There's not a ton to talk about, but we've got a few topics to cover. Uh, Kyle has graciously put together a Coach's Corner. Can't wait to see what this is going to be about. Me too. Hopefully it's about how to get a baby out quicker than... <laughs> <laughs> if I knew, I wouldn't be on this show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we've got a Craig experience lined up as well. So let's start off at the top, uh, looking at some of the topics that we have to talk about. Um, first and foremost, we've seen uh, some videos pop up here of Isaiah Spiller uh, practicing with his dad, I think. Yeah, they got the trash can set up. And I haven't seen this method where he's uh, waiting to cut through a, a backfield made of trash cans. And right. there's somebody throwing tennis balls at him, and he's just like dodging, 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 dodging. Boom! Take it Guys, off. Like, I'm, excited. We, I'm excited. Are we bordering Jameis Winston territory right now with these weird workouts? Is is that what we're picking up from Isaiah Spiller? If I you, mean, I don't know. It's not. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a tennis ball. <laughs> he's am got, I right? He's got an armful of tennis balls, and he's like throwing them at him and making like Isaiah Spiller like stop, like kind of try to dodge the tennis balls as he's 
zigzagging very through successful. trash cans. Yeah, very it seems successful. to be doing a good job. Not quite as big as a defensive lineman or a linebacker, but he is elusive. So we've got that to look forward to. So we got yeah. that going for us, which is nice. Hopefully the opposing teams bring tennis balls on the field and start trying to throw them <laughs> at him because <laughs> he'll be ready. Must, that must be what we're but anticipating. He, all jokes aside, he does look awesome. So it'll be cool to see him out yeah. there practicing and with real people, not tennis balls. He's looking twitchy. Um, all right, looking over at the news, this has absolutely nothing to do with the Chargers, uh, but it well, is so hilarious. We, it makes us feel better about our current situation. Oh, absolutely. So. Yes. Well, this, technically, we played the Browns week six, week five, something along those lines. So oh, we yeah. know that we know that this guy won't be the quarterback for the Browns at that time, 100%. even regardless of what happens with Deshaun Watson. Hundred percent. Yes, we're talking about the one and only Baker Mayfield, no longer uh, having to deal with the Cleveland Browns and their bridge burning. He has found a new land, uh, another team that has dealt with uh, <laughs> a revolving door of quarterbacks, uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um, they have traded Baker Mayfield for a conditional fifth round pick. The number, the number one overall pick now traded for a conditional fifth round draft pick and, uh, splitting some of the financials, uh, to make that happen. It's pretty crazy that they now have the Panthers have the number one overall pick and the number three overall pick from that draft as their two quarterbacks. Wow. And both very mediocre. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's absolutely real. Yeah, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. They went one and three, and they got both. And they didn't really give up a whole lot to get either one of them. If, no, I, if honestly, I remember no, correctly, right. last year they didn't give up a whole lot to get Sam. They gave up a conditional fifth for Baker, and that's probably like if he even plays type of condition. Right, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, for a Charger-related means that we don't have... We're going to see Jacoby Brissett most likely when most we play likely. the Browns early in the season. And so. I'm fine with that because he put up 40 last time we played him. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I don't need that anymore in my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, all right. Um, I, this also means I know that uh, Seattle Seahawks were one of the teams that were supposedly in the Baker Mayfield talk. They're locked. So they're now off. They're tanking. Putting, they're full tank mode. So they're yeah. either Drew Locke or Geno Smith and... Good luck with that, Seattle. Yeah, they're full <laughs> tank mode, ready for Pete Carroll. Poor guy's gonna die before they get another quarterback. I don't know what he was thinking. They got a like real ninety-five years old. They got a real locksmith situation going on up there, where they're not gonna quite have Lock the key. Smith to victory. <laughs> Friday night, folks. Puns are coming. That's they're flowing like wine. Um, yeah, so the Browns are paying Baker Mayfield $10.5 million to not play for the Browns. That's so stupid. I cannot believe how much money. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw they're paying him uh week one when they play the Browns. So the Panthers play the Browns week one. Yeah. The Browns will be paying Baker Mayfield $500,000 to try to beat them. week one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's delicious. And yeah, Yeah. and then paying Deshaun Watson $230 million to Probably not, not play, play for the Browns. Oh, yeah. So. Go Browns. Wow. Come on, guys. I mean, and it's just a testament to uh, that interview that Phil had on his senior bowl about just like, hey, yeah. at least we're not the freaking Browns. Yeah, they're gone through three laugh- quarterbacks. They had, the laughing they had one playoff run, and they're like, this is, we're getting too close that's, to being that's good. too much, guys. <laughs> Time to light it on fire. Reel it too close. Reel it yeah. in. Yeah. Um, all right. And then this last bit of news, which was just, uh, it was an interesting headline to see. Uh, authorities recover body in a lake outside of SoFi Stadium. Now, from from my understanding, they didn't, they haven't identified the gentleman. Um, they just 
the surveillance saw him go into the lake on his own accord. He wasn't just thrown in. Jumped just jumped in solo. Jumped in solo and then had some difficulties and unfortunately never came back out. Wow. Um, but the thing that I'm, I'm not trying to make light of this, this person's death in any way, shape, or form, but the thing that really caught our eye is over at CBS, was it CBS Sports? Yeah, CBS Los Angeles. CB- CBS Los CBS Angeles. LA, yeah. Uh, in the article made mention that uh, it was not just any not so lake. lake, not so lake, not park, not lake. a neighboring lake. No, yeah, it was Rivers Lake. They actually mentioned that in the news article Crazy. Rivers Lake, a man made body of water connected to SoFi Stadium, the home of the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers, is reportedly about 15 feet deep. It spans more than six acres, holds a little more than 11 million gallons of water. Rivers Lake, folks. That's crazy. That's crazy it is now in the news. It is official. It is Rivers Lake. You can never take that back from us. Can't take it back. It's kind of a sad way to establish, officially establish the name and all, all prayers go out to that guy and his family and all that. But that's crazy that you just jump in that, swim out to the middle and just forget how to swim like that's just like the whole idea is crazy well i know that there's sure there's got to be some inebriation involved with this there might be that there i know there's fountains out there there's probably you know suctions and undertoes undertoes and all that kind of stuff so it could have just been something that wasn't anticipated or got stuck got his foot stuck or something like that whatever it was yeah obviously sucks we don't want to see anybody pass away there the article talked about a whole bunch of people that have died at that stadium which is just crazy to to so consider. new yeah. oh yeah during the build there was a bunch of there's a bunch of construction workers there were some construction there. workers that died unfortunately during the build and there's just some been some other just bodies just showing up at the stadium so uh crazy. just uh keep 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 your wits about you whenever you go to SoFi yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Uh, and keep your wits about you whenever you go to over to our website, chargerchat.com, where we've got <laughs> t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and uh, you can chat it up with other uh Charger Chatteteers in our members section and ask questions and ask Bolt Fam. So go check it out, chargerchat.com. All right. Well, this is the moment that Kevin and I have been waiting for. I can't believe. We've got a coach's corner. I'm just not feeling that smart lately. Oh, I, I'm not a smart man. But I know what coach's <laughs> corner is. Let's go to coach's corner. Here we go. Great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts <laughs> coaches in And corner. we shut them down because we can't. It's because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. That's right, gang. We are squeezing in a coach's corner while we've got him. We're holding on for dear life, coach. What are we doing today? Yeah, so we had um, in my last coach's corner, which was the first one for a long time, um, we had some comments in the comment section on our YouTube channel, um, just like discussing, dialoguing, hey, what's this, that, and the other. Um, some of it was, I didn't draw up a Staley's 3-4 defense with correct names and designating positions as stars. The hope was just to analyze the idea of setting an edge in Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa being able to do that at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of our listeners, Don, got in a conversation in the comments, which was really fun. Uh, he sent an email with links to like a bunch of articles talking about the Staley Fangio defense. Um, also 
mentioned a 6-1 defense, which um, he stated the Patriots used against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, he's seen it a couple other times. Um, so it was fun. It was cool dialogue being able to talk to some of you guys listening um, that have a lot of wisdom as well. So um, got to go down some of those, those rabbit holes and um, just kind of wanted to throw up basically what I read about um, and learned about. Um, and this is all stuff that it's, it's all interesting. I, uh, it, it may be a little bit repetitive because we've now been in the daily defense for two years. We have a little bit more familiarity with it. Um, but just kind of the idea of, I talked about having gap responsibility in last week's or two weeks ago in our coach's corner, um, talked about how our edges right here, whatever, sorry about the letters. I'm really, really sorry if they're not accurate. Um, don't worry about that for now. But just the idea that these guys are kind of setting an edge to stop the ball carrier from getting outside. And then and then the running back is forced to cut back into your help. Um, now, with what we are running with these two high safeties, that's not always the case. We don't always set those guys. These guys aren't always told, hey, you have to set the edge at all costs. What we do is all these interior defensive linemen, sometimes your linebackers, if they're up on the edge, they're playing gap and a half. Okay, so high school defense for me, I always played gap defense, which what Don sent over that six one defense. That's a true gap. So you're responsible for one gap, and when I say gap, that means the the spacing in between two offensive linemen. So the space between the guard and the tackle is a gap. So a true gap defense, this tackle, all he's responsible for is this gap right here. If the ball carrier runs there, you have to make the tackle. Really simple, really easy. What I found the most success in high school because it doesn't require dominant athletes to be up front. Now, what we do in the three, four is different. They're playing gap and a half. So basically this nose tackle, let's say he's shaded to one side. Usually we shade him, put him in a one technique. If you're playing gap and a half, he'll, he will try to, he'll try to engage this center. He has the a gap. Okay. So this nose guard has this a gap. This is technically his, but He's not going to fly upfield. He's going to try to he's going to try to like control that gap and he'll have another half a gap somewhere else. So basically this is his gap, but if this running back tries to cut in here, he's now supposed to try to get off, at least have an impact and bump this guy off of his route. So you're playing gap and a half. So you have more than one responsibility. Now, what they are assuming is that they'll be able to bounce this runner. So these guys, let's say gap and a half He's playing gap and a half. He's playing gap and a half. Gap, maybe full gap. And then these guys both have their own responsibilities of run fit. What you're saying is that it's okay if this running back bounces outside because you have these two safeties coming off the edge to be able to come and be run fits. Okay, so they're all gap and a half because they don't need to necessarily make the tackle. They just need to be, if the ball doesn't come to their gap, they have to help to bounce it. We're wanting to bounce the ball outside so that our speed in these guys, your Derwin James, your Nas Adelies, your JT Woods, these guys can come down, get in the box and make the play after these guys have been bruisers and just stop them from gashing you, right? The last thing you want to see in any defense is this guy get the ball, come straight downhill and go upfield because you're going to get the most amount of yards on a straight line. Make him bounce and move around and, and jump. So if you're watching a Charger game, and you see Khalil Mack not set the edge super hard and he plays gap and he comes inside half, he bounces this guy. That means there's one of these safeties or linebackers should be getting over the top to make the play. 
um, just a cool different different aspect to what we do in a three four um, than what you would do in more box heavy defenses. Because in reality, in a three four, you only have three heavy guys in the box. You have four linebackers, which aren't always those big, gigantic run stuffing type guys. Because in the NFL nowadays, you can't do that. You have to be lighter on foot. You have to be able to cover and stop the pass. Because if you can't stop the pass, pack it up and go home because you're not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> this is a passing league. So um, it, it has shifted in recent years. And that's why some of these things, these two high safeties, you would have never seen these. It, 20 years ago, right? You need those guys in the box to stop the Walter Paytons, to stop the Emmett Smiths, to stop these guys from running for 400 yards. Now it's, you got to stop this guy from throwing for 500 yards and you'll take your chances with being able to bounce this guy and your fast guys that you are required to have on the field can go make the play. So that, that was a cool little, little um, adjustment from what I had talked about in last week's coach's corner um, to something that we run a little bit more in this three, four, um, there's more freedom there to, Hey, I have a gap, but I also have another half a gap. If he tries to run in that other half, I got to try to bounce him, at least spill it to the outside. Now that does require more on your defensive lineman. That's why when you have an Aaron Donald on the Rams, you can run gap and a half. He can do it. He can, he could probably run four gap. Gap squared. <laughs> but when you have guys that we had on the team last year that were a little bit more, Hey, I'm a one gap guy and I'm going to own this gap and do it well. But, I'm not used to that, getting my eyes up, stopping at the the heels of the offensive line and helping with another gap. If you're not used to that, it's not an easy thing to do. So um, it, it's just a, it's a different part of our defense that allows us to have more speed on the field. If you have defensive linemen, they can play gap and a half. Um, and again, this too high, we talked about it a lot when we, when we went from the Gus Bradley cover three to this very evolving too high safety. When we say too high safety, obviously we mean we have these two guys that are back out of the box too high safety, as opposed to a single high safety, which is what we would have in the past where this guy would be down in the box. This guy would be over the top or something along these lines, right? If you have a two detached on this side, mm -hmm. but now too high, most of the time, every single play, you're going to see two high safeties to some extent. Now, what I read, which was kind of, I, I had known, but it was a good reminder because at the high school level, you don't have um, quarterbacks calling audibles very much. You're usually going to get your call. Maybe you have a little check. If you see a certain cover, you tap your helmet and it changes a route a little bit, but you're not going to have a whole play checks where you check to a run player or check out of a completely different scheme into something else. Um, it's usually you maybe if uh, elite quarterbacks at the high school level, maybe, but not never where I coached. Um, so it, it was cool to hear this. And as a reminder, like, yeah, you want to try to confuse the quarterback mid play, right? If you're always lining up in the same base, if it looks like this every time, obviously if they line up differently, it may look a little bit different. But if your two safeties are always lined up in the same spot, these guys are here, it's hard to know what coverage you're in. And it's easy with two safeties, these guys being one of your, two of your most athletic guys, they should be able to play corner, they should be able to play linebacker, they should be able to play safety, that they could, if you want to run a cover three, they could drop down and play the hook curl. If you want to play a cover four, they can stay deep in the field. What we run a lot is what they call a cover six or a cover eight, where it's a hybrid coverage. So mm. a cover, this is, I know this is a lot. Guys. No, you guys this is great. Scratch your no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you have Sorry. our full attention. I'm learning. If it's getting too technical. No, no, no. I'm um, interested. 
So what we run a lot, which um, which is one thing that you're allowed to do with this too high safety look, is we can run a split field coverage. Okay, so it's not just one coverage that everyone's running. So you basically take a line, you draw it right down the middle of the field, and you're going to run two different coverages. This side you're running this. a cover four. Yes. This side you're going to run a cover two. So what it does is say you're playing um, the Raiders, okay? Because we all hate the Raiders. Yeah. This is Devonte Adams. This is Devontae Adams, who's their best receiver by, by a lot, right? This is who they're going to try to get the ball to, and that's who we need to shut down, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to run cover two to his side, basically creating a double team. Because in a cover two, this corner is only responsible for this short, shallow flat. So he's going to come up and jam Devontae really hard, and he's going to run with him anywhere he is in this up to 12 to 15 yards. After that, he's going to pass him to the safety who's right now. Now... So the corner is basically going to jam and beat him up. Uh, JC Jackson's going to slap him in the face, kick him, yeah. spit in his face. And yeah. then when he gets done with that, then when he gets done with that, he gets into Derwin's territory and then Derwin's going to kick him in the nuts. And then how is he going to catch the ball? Right? So you can run cover two to his side. Yes. So this is kind of what the cover two would look Mickey like. So you're Mouse. beating up this guy underneath. He gets over the top. He gets beat up again. And then on the other side, that's a little bit softer, you run cover four. So this takes away any of the deep threat stuff. So you're not going to allow the big play. If you're going to check to your cheaper receiver side, you're going to have to go underneath and we'll rally up and make plays, force you to go down the field a bunch because we know Derek Carr is not going to do that. He wants to take the shot at his boy and we're going to have two guys over the top to be able to sandwich it. So it's just these little things that with running too high stuff, you can you can you can adjust and kind of become more variable and look different with the way that you're doing stuff um, that you can't do with the cover one. If you have a one high safety, this guy down here, this guy here. Now, could you do it? Yes, but then what's required is this guy has to co cover field. He's going to start in the middle to be able to get to that cover four. He's got a cover field. This guy has to drop cover field while this guy's moving. So it just gets a lot more harder to do that stuff out of that two, that one high look. So um, that was just some of the stuff that was fun to kind of remind ourselves of why we're running this three, four after a very poor performance in year one. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of intricacies. It should benefit shutting down the deep passes, forcing them to nickel and dime you down the field. And with the right guys up front running this gap and a half, we're hoping to spill it so that our linebackers, our safeties can come up and make a lot of tackles. Um, finally, just for Don, because he sent that email, I did look at the 6-1 defense stuff. It's cool. It honestly reminds me of some of the stuff I ran at lower level high school, some of the freshman and JV stuff that we would do. Because uh, it's basically a six-man front. We've, I mean, Kev, we ran that in Pop Warner. Oh, like that's day. that's we our base was a five-three, yeah. but then in the like short yard and stuff, we were going to a six-man front. And that's all it is. Basically, it's a four-three, so four defensive linemen, three linebackers. But two of those linebackers here, I'll show it on the board here. So basically, again, don't worry about lettering. I'm sorry. I'll just do this for you guys. I'll fix the lettering so that we don't get in, I don't get in trouble. Um, <laughs> if they come in tight and do these types of stuff. So what happens is anytime there's a man, a tight end comes in. So this is your four. These are your four linemen, right? So you have a one technique, a three tech, and five techs. They're not going to move. They all have one gap. If this, line, if, this, if this tight end is attached, all you do is you walk your linebacker down. This guy lines up in a tight split. You're going to walk your linebacker down. So it looks like you have, what, a 6-1, right? You have six guys on the line of scrimmage and one guy in the middle of the field. But in essence, it's a 4-3 because you have four defensive linemen. There's still three linebackers, as you can tell by the annotation of the lettering. Four linemen, three linebackers. But 
it does look like a six one, right? Because there's six on the line, one deep. What it does is it 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 really this goes now you're in a one gap defense. Everyone's got a gap. It's gonna be really, really hard to run the ball. Now these guys can run a lot of different either route matching is what I would assume they would do a lot of. It's kind of like a if then type of defense. So if this guy goes deep, safety stays with him. If he goes sh- short and shallow, corner will pick it up and then safety is looking here type of thing. So that was what I would assume that you would run in that kind of stuff. But I guess you can run zone uh, defenses as well. Uh, but the six one is cool. That is a big time. I don't trust your quarterback. And that's why I think the Patriots did it against the Rams in the Super Bowl because they had Jared Goff at quarterback and they said, good luck. Yeah, um, yeah. You're not going to run the ball. All the best. Get beat us. Go go get some, Jared. And it, it, he, he wasn't able to do it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like that defense as long as you're not playing an elite, an, a top, top elite um, wide receiver. That'll because you can make the checks, right? You can you, you spread that out. You spread that six one out. If these guys aren't lining up tight in the box, the Rams did. They like that wings. They like the really tight splits. They like the running the bunches. You go here, you even motion to empty six one. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. So. Um, there's definitely ways to beat every defense. Um, but yeah, Don, thanks for the question, man. Any of you guys have stuff that you want to talk about, look at, even if you just think it would be good to talk about for the fan base in general, to hear me just rant about, um, shoot over the topics and I'll do my best to make it happen. Absolutely. So you're saying this is the kind of defense we could see against Seattle and Cleveland. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, who knows? Excellent. All right. Well, coach, thank you again for, awesome. for the plethora of information. Uh, it's, it's a lot to digest. And again, those of you that are just listening, I highly recommend going to YouTube to see all of the, uh, all the diagrams that coaches put out there it really does help having a visual to understand when he's talking about gap and a half, what does that mean? We'll go check it out over at YouTube and you'll get a, get a better idea of that. So, um, coach, thank you, uh, for you, an coach. awesome coach's corner. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna let Coach go uh, because he's got uh, some feet I got to rub. Feet to rub. Yep. <laughs> yeah, get on it, pops. So thank you, Coach, and we'll see if okay. uh, if we get any baby pictures between now and the next episode. <laughs> Please, fingers Dear crossed. God, it fingers better. crossed. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye, buddy. Okay, love you, bye, guys. All right, gang. So we've got one more segment here. You know them. You love them. It's a great experience. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. Oh. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Is that what I think it is? Oh, yeah. Yep, it's off in the distance there, but I can see it. It's training camp. We're almost there, people. Just got to keep powering through. Only a few more weeks left of the dead period of the offseason and big boy football will return. And man, look, nobody's happier about that than your boy. Subjected myself to watching USFL games. And um, yo, I got to admit, the championship game wasn't half bad. I actually knew a cat that was quarterbacking for the team that won it all. Uh, He played ball with a family member of mine a few years back. But look, forget all that. You can almost smell the grass. Maybe it's because it's lawn day at my crib, but look, doesn't matter. You get the point. It's almost time. So with that said, let's get into it because I have a interesting topic to discuss. It's going to go into a series of them. So this will help push us through the finish line here in the final few weeks. But where are my manners? 
CC Gang, the biggest of salutes and to the rest of the Bolt fam, what is goody? She got Craig in Texas. And welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. Okay, so here's the deal. For the rest of the offseason, probably going into the preseason, I'm going to talk about cats that I believe are CKCs, aka championship key cogs. And what these gentlemen are, are going to be dudes who are vital to uh, this team making a run towards the Lombardi this year. And some of them may not be as lauded or come with as much fanfare as others, but they're still super necessary nonetheless. So we want to make sure to give them their shine where it's due. And the first up is going to be a new addition to the squad. Uh, this gentleman actually just celebrated some nuptials this past week, I believe. And that is Sebastian Joseph Day. So congrats to you and Mrs. SJD from the pictures. They look beautiful. Looks like you guys had an awesome time. But uh, let's talk about where this cat fits on this team and where I think he'll be utilized and why he's going to be a big part of uh, a championship coming to the L.A. Chargers. Not that I believe my Chargers fandom to be in question or anything, but uh, I will have you folks know, just so you have an idea of how much I truly care about this team, I went back and rewatched some Chargers games from last season, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, and mainly to more so help to support my points about what Sebastian Joseph Day is going to mean to this team moving forward. And boy, I tell you, the second time around was much worse. In fact, I, at times, questioned my own sanity because what same person will put themselves through that level of torture again, willingly? But hey, guess you can't help who you love. But I digress. Sebastian Joseph Day is going to be fun on this defense and for a multitude of reasons. But before we get into that, let's talk about what he meant to the Rams. Playing next to uh, Aaron Donald, he didn't get as much notoriety because, I mean, essentially he was playing Hawkeye to uh, AD's World Breaker Hulk. If you aren't familiar with that name and you aren't a comic book nerd like me, just do a quick YouTube search. Dude was no joke. You'll see what I mean. Uh, but as far as SJD is concerned, he was winning, not just with high effort because he does play with a super high motor, but with technique as well. And to be able to stand out next to a physical freak like Aaron Donald, uh, that's saying something. Uh, as far as what he's going to be to this defense. Now, look, a lot of you guys are casual fans. Some of you aren't into the X's and O's, but for those of you who are, you watch defense or football in general with a different eye. We all know how that defense was supposed to work, right? The too high shell, kind of keeping everything under you, uh, limiting explosive plays, and uh, kind of forcing teams to be patient and beat you by like a thousand paper cuts. Well, against the Chargers, it was more like death by Jason Machete. Wasn't pretty. Most of that was due to the fact that they didn't have the type of personnel necessary to run the scheme up front. Having guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, who I'll get to on another day, uh, they change everything. If you look like, or I'm sorry, at someone like an SJD, he does a few things very, very well. Yes, he does stop the run at a high level. He was one of the top run defenders in the league last year before he went down with that pec injury. But also in case you didn't know, 
before he went out for the rest of the season, he was leading all defensive tackles in tackles, which is saying something, especially when you compare it to what the Chargers were working with last season. So that's just a beautiful key addition to the defense. But then he also meets the prerequisites for what Brandon Staley wants on uh, really the defensive side of the ball, and that's versatility. He can line up as a nose tackle. He can two-gap. Great. Stop the run. But he can also be a penetrator, and he can play four-eye, so he can get after the quarterback. He showed a little bit of that last season. He actually improved a lot in that regard. And uh, you've probably seen this graphic from me a few times from some of his testing numbers, and that's... Uh, the athletic profile of an interior pass rusher on the defensive line. So he'll be able to do that for you. And what he means to the rest of the defense, simple. If you want to use him as a primary run stopper on any given play, what he does is allows not just stopping the run on his own, but he'll be able to anchor down and take on offensive linemen, which will keep the linebackers clean. And we know that linebacker isn't exactly one of the strong points of the Chargers defense this season honestly we'll see some looks where the Chargers really only roll out one linebacker and that could be Kenneth Murray Drew Tranquil possibly even Derwin James because we know DJ is probably going to be playing a lot more in the box with some of the additions they made in the draft so SJD can kind of do a little bit of it all and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Pro Bowl type season from him I'm not, you know, putting the car before the horse here on this one. I think it's really possible because he was coming on last season. He's actually playing some of his best ball before he went down. So it's something to look forward to. And uh, again, another thing that he brings to the team or the defense is outside of just the versatility is familiarity with the scheme itself. Having played essentially the same thing with the Rams, it's a seamless transition and he can just pick up where he left off. Uh, now, as far as the impact goes, it's not just play on the field. Have you guys paid attention to him just in general, his personality, the energy he exudes? That feels like it's something that was missing from the defensive front. Now, we had it in the secondary, and as a leader on the defense, DJ kind of tried to like permeate that throughout the entire defense. But having more than one of those types of guys, especially a guy like that that plays in your unit makes all the difference in the world. Joey being an edge dude, but on the line, he's more of a lead by example dude. Now you can get Joey fired up, especially if you talk crap to him. See Derek Carr last season. Um, but there's something about having someone with that type of spark that can energize your defense, playing and play out uh, in the huddle, talking to guys, keeping them up, and people looking at him as a leader and feeling like they have to match his energy and output. Those type of intangible things mean the world to a team on either side of the ball. When you have that type of person who's putting it on the line and making sure that everybody's up and doing what they need to do, at least from an energy level and keeping it high effort at all times is invaluable. So those are just kind of a few things that I feel about the guy and why I believe that he's absolutely going to be a CKC, again, a championship key cog. And we'll continue this again weeks moving forward uh, with some other names here and there and a little bit about their background and why I think they're going to be vital pieces to the team. So let's get this season rolling, man. A few weeks out, I'm ready to get things kicked off. There's only so much college recruiting one man can substitute for NFL coverage, but I love the game. That is going to be it for me, boy. 
Y'all take it easy. Until the next time, y'all know who is Mr. Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang, also known as T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3 on Twitter. And catch me on YouTube on my page, The Flight Deck. Charge it to the game. Video coming soon. You have my word. Uh, so till the next time again, you guys be good. Take it easy. Stay bolted up. And uh, okay. Love you. Bye. Awesome, Craig. That was great. That was so good. I, I think you've really put into words what we've all been feeling about with Sebastian Joseph Day, especially talking about the the intangible of his his energy of what he brings to that part of the ball. Um, I think you're right. I think that is something that is contagious. It brings something that I, I don't know that I, I'm, I'm remiss to say that it wasn't there before. Because it, it maybe it just wasn't when the cameras were on. Because maybe the energy might have been there when when we but weren't looking. It's energy with leadership. It's energy exactly. with. It's not like a no, rookie right. coming in and having tons of energy. He is rookie with leadership, and he has a Super Bowl. So if you want to listen to somebody True. on this team, probably going to listen to him. Like absolutely. And hearing him on like uh, the mic'd up and all those, like mm-hmm. he's just he's 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 giving off good energy and good vibes and like rallying people around him big but, time but still accountability he'll call people an idiot and he'll like have fun with them and stuff oh, but he's kind of establishing like all right man this is how we're gonna do it in the trenches come with me I'll, absolutely I'll show you how to get yeah. back to the super bowl good good work mentality he in all the previous uh i don't know if it was in the mic up but just the interviews he was like you know i'm a lunch pail kind of guy you know i bring yeah. you know i come to work i'm gonna work yeah um and yeah, to, what a, what a great uh, topic of discussion after we just got done talking about yeah. gaps and gap and a half guy. <laughs> he's, got, a, he's a two gap. Guy, he's, yeah, he's got he can he, he can shed and be a cog and do everything Kyle said. And <laughs> we didn't have that as much with uh, with some of our our defensive linemen last year. It so. certainly didn't feel like it. So yeah, with hopefully getting Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Khalil Mack, all those guys coming coming at you hot. Gap one, and a half, baby. One, yeah. They're gonna be. There's gonna be so many gaps. The gap band that are gonna be covered. We're looking at names. What if they're the gap band? Yeah, my Kyle, me. Kyle, Kyle would have supported that. That's a good thing. I would have supported that. Um. All right. Well, Craig, thank you for taking a look at Mr. Joseph Day and awesome man. Uh, and thank yeah, we you. didn't we didn't talk about his wedding. Congratulations yeah. to Mr. Joseph Day getting married. Um. Awesome. Uh, it looked like a beautiful wedding. So. Uh, hopefully that he brings some of that energy as well yeah, <laughs> to let's the go. team. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Any final thoughts there, Kev? Good seeing you again. Hey, it's good seeing you again, too. <laughs> uh, we'll definitely be seeing a lot of each other once I get my happy butt fully out here. But uh, for now, we're just going to enjoy it while we can. Um, and that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Uh, See you Tuesday. That's right. Don't forget to bolt up. Because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.